You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest growing audio medium in the U.S. From law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media slash CBF to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's S-H-E-W-I-T-T at bizjournals.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Columbus Business First's very first episode of our Women in Business podcast. My name is Emily Bench, and about every other week, I'm going to start sitting down with some smart and successful women executives in Columbus and just talk with them about what they had to do to get to where they are today. So today with us, we have Fallon Donahue, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Venture Ohio. Fallon, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Fallon is a community organizer veteran and the chief executive officer of Venture Ohio, a four-impact organization created to facilitate a collaborative statewide entrepreneurial ecosystem and increase access to angel and venture capital for Ohio entrepreneurs. Prior to Venture Ohio and while serving her country in Ohio National Guard, she began her career in tech solution sales and business development. Fallon is an active member of the Ohio startup community, and her insights on venture capital and Ohio investment have been regularly featured in local and national publications, including Politico, Forbes, and Tech Co. And Business First. And Columbus <laughs> Business First. <laughs> so, Fallon, I'm, I am so excited to talk to you. To start, why don't you just give me a quick rundown of your resume? How did everything start for you? Sure. Uh, so, I grew up in a non operational farm in rural Ohio, a little bit outside of Mansfield. And, uh, you know, the startup community obviously hadn't been formed, but it's certainly for um, our region, we weren't talking about things like entrepreneurship and launching a startup company. So this was something that um, I hadn't quite yet realized that I wanted to do. I actually didn't realize I wanted to get into venture capital and into the entrepreneur space until I was almost 30. I joined the military as soon as I turned 18. Uh, This was in 2001. And I did that for nine years. So I was in the Ohio National Guard, which meant I was deployed on and off for a period of time. So I would serve six months here or two weeks there or a year there. And in between, um, I was going to school, eventually launching into my business career. So my first real job, I guess if you'd say, besides the military and all the stuff that I'd done uh, leading up to that, um, was as a receptionist at a place called Icon, Icon Office Solutions in Columbus. I did that for just a couple of months before realizing that what I really wanted to do was sales. So uh, luckily, we had a a great sales manager there. His name was Bill Warren, and he took a chance on me and brought me onto the sales team. And that started my business development career. So um, I sold hardware, copiers, software, enterprise solutions, things like that, and kind of the tech space to businesses and enterprises around the central Ohio region, 
up through Marysville, um, you know, Mansfield, places like that for about seven years before I discovered the startup community. And once I discovered it, I was just completely in love with it. The entrepreneurs in the room were just so energetic and I was so inspired by everything that they were doing and how much they believed in themselves and what they were willing to put into that vision and achieving success and achieving their dreams. And so... I just started doing anything I could to support them, uh, which really wasn't much at the time, but I kept a spreadsheet of everybody that I met and what they were looking for. And if I could help them a month down the road, a year down the road, I would do it. And so I just started connecting people whenever I had the opportunity to. And I started to get pretty engaged in the startup space. So I was... um, helping out with events, helping to organize events like Startup Grind, helping to throw new events and fundraise for events. And I got to know all the VCs because I was hitting them up for sponsorship dollars or asking them to sit on panels. And so uh, through volunteer work, really, for a period of years, I just got to know everybody in the space. That's crazy. I mean, how many hours was that for you? It was a lot of hours, but it was a lot of fun, so it didn't feel like work. It wasn't just me. There were a lot of people in the community that were doing the same thing, and the blur between work and volunteer work and social life was, I mean, the line just wasn't there. We were just having a ton of fun. I just remember it as having fun and getting to meet cool people and having the honor to help them out every once in a while. So it was a lot of fun. The Venture Ohio opportunity came. Um, I was really at the right place at the right time, and I really lucked out. Um, If I wouldn't have had support of some of the mentors in my network, I I certainly wouldn't have had that opportunity. So I was grateful to have people who believed that I could do something that I wasn't quite sure myself that I could do. But I went for it, and I wrote a very long report on why they should hire me, even though I wasn't qualified at all. And uh, several, several interviews later, I got the role as executive director and would later get promoted to CEO, which is the role I'm serving in today. So it's been a fun journey. (laughs) To hire you. Well, at the time, um, you know, this was a very new organization and still finding its legs, but a lot of our focus was on advocacy work at the state level. But this group was just, you know, to me, it was just so special to have these VCs all organized statewide for the first time. I looked at venture capitalists like some people might look at Justin Timberlake. Like, I'm so, I can't begin to tell you, like, how that. inspired I was by this community of people. And so the opportunity to be around them was truly a, a dream come true. What I talked about in this paper and, and kind of continue to talk about was thinking about the way that we view ourselves as a community and thinking about um, some of the challenges that we face as opportunities. We have historically been undercapitalized. Obviously, we are nowhere near the level of a Silicon Valley or or New York in terms of capital under management, but we see that as a tremendous opportunity. You know, valuations are still fairly low here. Uh, We have a really incredible entrepreneurial spirit here with these gritty entrepreneurs that are just going to stick things out no matter what works. So there's a lot of positivity, um, you know, there's a lot of positives, I guess you'll say, to um, having a lack of capital and, and being a relatively new ecosystem. So we just kind of flipped the script on that and thought more about attracting private capital to the region by advertising the incredible opportunity here. So um, we worked to get some stories like why Ohio is the best place to launch a startup company and, you know, the Midwest and the booming Midwest and the Ohio entrepreneur, uh, the Ohio entrepreneurship opportunity. 
uh, out in some of these national publications and conducted research at the Ventura Ohio level and got that out to as many people as we could and just got more and more eyes on the work we were doing at Ventura mm -hmm. Ohio, but more importantly, much more importantly, more and more eyes on Ohio entrepreneurs and the great work that they were doing. So um, that's kind of what my paper talked about. And you know, over time, that's what we started to focus on was just shining a huge light on the opportunity that was here. Yeah. And sure enough, people started to see it. That's they started cool. to visit us more. And that's why you and I talk about access to yeah. direct flights all the time. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know that we, we get to talk every now and again, and I see you at events and stuff, and I'm always like, I'm just fascinated that you started in military and kind of moved into the business world while also kind of juggling them at the same time. How do you feel like the two lend to one another? Do you feel like your time in the military has helped you in what you're doing now? Yes, absolutely. I think you learn a lot of skill sets that you don't even realize you carried with you after your time in the yeah. military. You know, you have to be able to see what's around the corner and think about the consequences of your actions and the actions of the people around you. You also have to have determination and you just can't give up. Yeah. There are times every day that I want to give up. And in my business life, there were certainly times in the military that I absolutely wanted to give up. You know, it's, <laughs> it's physically challenging. It's tough. It would be so bad. <laughs> I do not look back fondly on basic training. I really don't. I know a lot of people do. And it's like, I could not go through that again. Yeah. It's really challenging. What was like, uh, the hardest thing you had to do at basic training? Oh, gosh. It's the mental anguish. Yeah. It really is. You're cut off from, you know, for the most part, you're cut off from the rest of the world. Yeah. There's no communication. What I remember the most is that we could see like a McDonald's sign from where where we would do our PT. Oh and so you'd be out there at 4.30 in the morning doing vigorous exercise, especially for somebody like me who had done very little exercise up until that point. And I could see this McDonald's sign at the outside of the fence that you know you can't get past. So oh it was gosh. just the mental part of it. It was just, you know, going through this and living with all these other people. You yeah. know, you go from living in your house. I was a kid, of course. I probably couldn't have accomplished this as an adult. I think you're a lot more moldable. I just turned 18. But you're living all of a sudden with 59 other people with very different backgrounds, different ages, different everything. And you're forced to work together for a desired outcome. So it was challenging, but it was also pretty amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so, I mean, I was thinking when I was looking at this, I mean, let's be honest, both the military and venture capital are two fields that are pretty male-dominated if yes. you're looking across it. <laughs> yes. Um, pretty unbiasedly, but I'm just curious from your perspective, how did you kind of take hold of that uh, mentality in a male-dominated field both times? <laughs> you know, getting into venture capital, getting into the military, you know, those were things that I wanted to do. Mm. It honestly never crossed my mind that there would be few women there. You know, being in the trenches every day, you certainly can feel the effects of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I know what the statistics are, but uh, emotionally, it certainly takes its toll when you go into a room and see how many men are in the room. I was in Los Angeles uh, about a year ago at this female founders event, and it was this global female founders event. And there, we were at this networking piece, and then they said, okay, now all the founders go to one side of the room and all the VCs go to the other side of the room. And when they split us up, it was all women on one side mm -hmm. and all men on the other side. There were no women in that room with a checkbook. Every single VC was a man. And so you see these brilliant entrepreneurs trying to pitch their ideas to someone who necessar doesn't necessarily even understand the problem that they're trying to solve hmm. with this company. So I think it's, you know, I think we, we really need to do better. 
Yeah. There was about 2.3% of venture capital went to women-founded companies last year. We have a long way to go. We really yeah. do need to do better. would love to see more venture capitalists support women in entrepreneurship. would love to see more limited partners support women in venture capital. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see more startup companies get more women uh, on their cap table, certainly get them on their boards. You know, I am the first person to understand sometimes founder dynamic just works out the way that it worked out. It might be your roommate or for whatever reason, this is the person you chose to, mm -hmm. to start a company with. But I do think there's room for diversity on boards. Yeah. It'd be great to see at least one woman. I know these boards are very small, but at least one woman on every, on every startup board because sure. we've got to start doing something different. Yeah. Has there been any kind of defining moment for you either in the military or in the venture capital field where you kind of face that personally? Besides just walking into a room the on time. a normal basis and see <laughs> yeah. all the people are men. Yeah, I mean, I, I face that all the time. I think that, um, you know, most of the men in my life um, have been pretty incredible. Not all of them have, but most of them have been pretty amazing. I'm lucky to have some great mentors and, and leadership roles at, at Venture Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, but it hasn't always been the case that the men that were in leadership roles in my life have... Uh, not had that kind of bias. You know, I was in sales for seven years, so I sold to every kind of person you can imagine, but yeah. I always had a male boss. And there were so many times, more often than not, in fact, that when he was with me in a conversation, they would ask him the questions. Even though I was answering them every time, mm -hmm. they would still direct the questions to him. And I, I don't know if that was conscious in every case. I don't know if they just couldn't believe that you know, 25-year-old female might actually know the answer to this technical sure. question that you're asking, even <laughs> though it's her job to do so. Um, but I think we face it all the time. I will say it's a whole lot better than it used to be. Oh, yeah. A whole lot better. I feel like this world has changed dramatically in the last two years. Yeah. And unless you're someone who's lived through it, I think it's hard for some men to even fathom what it felt like. Uh, eight years ago, 10 years ago, but it was tough. It was tough in the business world. It was tough in the military. It was, it was you know, it's tough all around. But I think uh, we've come a really long way, yeah. which is exciting. Yeah. So transitioning here, I've heard through the grapevine that you are a singer, <laughs> which I know is totally... I was like, what is she going to say? I had no idea. Yes, which I'll admit to that. Which I think so cool. But I, was, it, was that a career plan for you or something that you wanted to do? Or is it just something you do on the side? I'm it was so not. It was not. I grew up in a very musical family. Most of the people um, I grew up wrote songs, played instruments, things like that. So I had the opportunity at a very young age to start singing. I was on the stage at church when I was three and thought it was the coolest thing in the world, like command the congregation with my beautiful <laughs> singing voice at three years old. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a lot of fun. It's not anything I ever wanted to pursue professionally. It's not something that really crossed my mind. I'm not sure why. It's just not the path I wanted to take. Yeah. So do you still do it on the side? Like, do you perform places or is it more just not really. Yeah. I, I will play my ukulele sometimes at home. Um, it's very therapeutic. I enjoy doing that, and I'll sing a little bit, but not really. Okay. I don't know if there's any bands out there looking for a lead singer. <laughs> I'm usually free on Saturdays, so. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. CEO slash yeah. ukulele player. That's great. Um, so this, I love asking people this question because I think that it's so telling, and also it can be really funny, but what has been some of the worst advice you've ever gotten? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I feel like I probably hear things on a regular basis. I think you start to learn just to, to tune people out. But I think uh, some of the worst advice I've gotten was generally around not being true to yourself or not sticking to your principles and just going with whatever works in the moment. Um, you know, you see that a lot in sales. Mirroring is a technique that people use a lot. And 
I, you know, I tried it. I felt very <laughs> ridiculous trying to so mirror. Like? Well, you know, you, you know, I'm being very untrue to myself when I walk into someone of the opposite sex that's, you know, several years older than me with completely different interests. And then I'm sitting down getting super fired up about the Browns and how much I care about that. I don't care about that at all. I don't even know <laughs> what I'm talking about. So, you know, I think over, over, over the years, I learned just to be true to myself. You can find common ground with anybody and with anybody. I mean, it, yeah. it might take a while to get there, but even if it's how much you love spring, you can find something to talk about with everybody without having to be uh, untrue to yourself. And yeah. it just makes you look weird and uncomfortable. It yeah. doesn't, it really doesn't pay off in the long run, at least not for me. I'm not yeah. much of an actress. So yeah, no, it hasn't. I cover sports and yeah. so like <laughs> it's sports business. So like the other side of it, like, but I don't care about right. coaches or players or how the game, but I, right. I talk with men all the time and yeah. I'm like, yeah, totally. You saw that game the other week. I didn't see it. I don't care. Like it's, right. but you feel awkward if you right. don't act like that. Right. So, it's, it's, advice. it's tough to fit in sometimes yeah. when everybody in the room is talking about something that they're very passionate about and you have no clue what they're saying. Like, yay, sports. I also feel very strongly about that player. So. Oh, that's great. That's so funny. Uh, so, I mean, comparing to other people, you're a fairly young CEO. How did you make sure that you were able to stand out so early in your career? What, what things did you do to make sure that would happen? I don't know that I did. I don't know that I do. Um, you know, I don't think I've done anything any different or any better than anybody else, but I was able to get into a role that has become more and more visible as the right place at the right time. And we were at a really pivotal moment in entrepreneurship and innovation in the Midwest and other underserved parts of the country and, and certainly in Ohio and in Columbus, Ohio. So I think a lot of this just had to do with I found a passion early on that I wanted to pursue. And then I got supported by a lot of really great people, especially some of the leaders on my board, like mm -hmm. Mark Kwame, Rich Langdale. And um, I was at the right place at the right time. When did you like figure out you wanted to go into venture capital? I feel like that's a very specific thing. Uh, so probably about a year and a half to two years before I started at Venture Ohio is when okay. I really figured this whole thing out and what it is and what it means. And I knew that I loved being around founders. I knew I loved being around a lot of founders. Mm -hmm. I knew I loved the excitement and buzz of the startup community. And I knew I wanted to support them and I would find you know, a lot of satisfaction and joy in being able to do so. And so, you know, we've been able to do that through Venture Ohio. Venture Capital is certainly, you know, one path to supporting founders, although I think there are many. There are mm -hmm. a lot of great leaders in, in, this, in the startup community in Columbus and Ohio, and, you know, you definitely don't need to have a, 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 a title or a role like I have at Venture Ohio to be a great leader, and there are many amazing leaders throughout this city that are really propelling Columbus and the state forward. Yeah. So how often do you travel for your job? Depends yeah. on what time of year and what's going on. It really depends. There, there have been times when I was gone all of the time, and then there's periods of time where I, I don't travel that much. Um, I do try to get to other cities in Ohio quite a bit mm -hmm. and um, keep an understanding of what's going on there. You know, I feel like living in Columbus, I, I know who who's doing what and what's happening in the city, but it's been harder to keep the, your thumb on the pulse of what's happening in other cities, so I try to get there. And then representing Ohio, you know, mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to do a lot of really cool stuff. I spend at least, I, I probably get to D.C. at least every once every three months or so okay. to do, you know, advocacy work and, you know, keep in touch with some of our politicians just to kind of share some of the personal stories that are coming out of Ohio and the entrepreneur stories and the V.C. stories. And then, of course, you know, keeping in close contact with Silicon Valley is very important for us. Yeah. So 
um, I spent a lot of time in, in the Bay Area and have gotten to travel to, uh, to Europe to represent um, Ohio and Venture Ohio and other states represent Ohio and Venture Ohio. So it kind of varies, but yeah. yes. when needed. Yeah. I mean, I feel like having a CEO title without a ton of travel would be a lot, but <laughs> being a CEO and then having to travel to, you know, West Coast just being one of those places among many. How do you make time for yourself? Like, what what things do you have in place where you're like, okay, I need time for Fallon? <laughs> you know, I think you just have to put that first, and I've been, I have not done a good job of that at times in my life, mm-hmm. and I certainly suffered the consequences for it. I think if you want to be your best, if you want to, you know, be sharp and be on top of your game, you really need to take breaks from things. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people in this industry, or really many industries, where you know, your your work life and your personal life are so blurred. I don't think that's exclusive to the startup community by any means, yeah. but sometimes it's difficult to turn off. Maybe it's a husband and wife in the same industry or whatever it may be. If you're talking about work mm-hmm. all of the time, um, it can be tiring and you don't even realize that you're mentally exhausting yourself. So you just have to make the time for it. I make time to take my dog for a walk every day, no matter how much snow's on the ground, you know, she loves that. We like to walk around the park and, you know, make time for friends and yeah. you just have to. Yeah. Has there been a time in your career where you received hard feedback? And what was that? Like? I receive hard feedback all the time. Yeah. What is there like <laughs> one time that like comes to mind for you? You know, it's when you're so I think any nonprofit leader with a board of directors can understand the complexities mm-hmm. of, of a nonprofit board. You know, also any nonprofit leader running a statewide entity can certainly understand the complexities of balancing the different cities and their different strengths and differences. Yeah. So I think um, everyone's well-meaning, um, and you just have to try to be empathetic and understand why they're coming from, where they're coming from. Yeah. But it's challenging. Yeah. It is. <laughs> Do you cry? Uh, I, I have before, Yeah. 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 I'm such a crier. I've yeah. like had to tell my boss, like, if you see me crying, yeah. everything's fine. I'm, I'm not a big crier. I, yeah. I'm not a big crier, but it has happened. Yeah. Yeah. In private. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's one of those things that, that happens, but people yeah. feel embarrassed about it. And yeah. I'm always interested to see people's take yeah. on that. So, cool. Well, I'm going to ask you a couple quick hit questions. Cool. So, just tell me, you know, the first thing that comes to your head when I ask you this. So, what do you think is the biggest myth about being a female executive? I think people think that women are constantly thinking about being a female executive when they're just thinking about doing their job. I don't think it crosses most people's minds when they walk into a room to say, I'm the only woman in here. I don't think they think about that. They're just trying to get their job done. Yeah. How do you feel about being classified as a female CEO as opposed to like just CEO? Because I used to not like it. Yeah. But now I love it and I embrace it Mm -hmm. because the more I've thought about diversity, the more I realize that if we don't talk about it, it's not going to change. And so I am proud to say I am a female executive and I hope that others will do the same. And I do think we should continue to shine a spotlight on women who are succeeding and women who are succeeding um, need to take responsibility for lifting the next generation of women up and helping them to be successful as well. What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be the president. <laughs> I r- wish I hadn't said that out loud, but yes, if you would see the you know, poster on the wall that I filled out, I, I did say I wanted to be the president oh my gosh, when I was a child. Awesome. I went back and forth between president and rock star. Yeah, so yeah, very, yeah, that too. Very different things. Yeah. 
What do you know now in your life that you wish you knew when you were starting out as a receptionist? Mm. That talent is everywhere. I wish I had realized that more. I wish that bosses around the, the city, around the world would realize that more. I was a receptionist and it took one person to give me a chance when nobody else would. And then I turned out to be a great sales rep and, and went on to have a great career. But you needed that one person to, to really champion for you. And I think I'm really grateful for that. And, and I hope to be that person for, for other people down the line because you know, meeting with somebody one time doesn't change their life. So you, you really need that engaged mentor that's going to fight for you, that's going to spend real time for you, make real connections for you, put real social capital or financial capital, whatever it is that you need behind you. And uh, I don't think I understood that there were people like that out there that would just help you. Yeah. Like, why would you help me? You know, I, it never occurred to me that anybody would ever be willing to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, and I'm glad that I found people that were and hope to be that for others. I just, I feel like that's something that women who are just starting out in their career really want hands-on advice for is how do you build that connection with people? How do you find those champions? It sounds really great, Mm -hmm. but finding them is hard. (laughs) It is really hard. And I, and I don't know that there is a silver bullet for it. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a lot of really great people out here there that want to give. There are a lot of great people who are deserving of that feedback and coaching and support. But not everybody jives with each other. You know, it's it's not just about making, you know, connections for people, but it's finding that person that, you know, sees a little bit of themselves within you and really wants to lean in and support you. I don't really know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, I think we could all try a little bit harder. I have been on both sides of the table, you know, where people seeking mentorship uh, don't follow through with things and they and they ask for things and uh, they don't follow back up with what you had suggested they do. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of trails off. And so, you know, I think just meeting for a coffee, I mean, there are value. There can be value um, out of that meeting from time to time. But I think it's these deep, real relationships that really provide true value and are, are yeah. truly change someone's life. So. I, I don't know the answer yeah. to that. <laughs> Based on, this isn't one of those, those questions I have. I'm just so fascinated by what you do. So your first couple years before you became um, CEO over at Venture Hire, Executive Director, mm-hmm. it, does your personality lend you to be very comfortable putting yourself out there and just meeting with founders and people all the time? Or are you a little more introverted? It does not. I am, um, networking was and is very difficult for yeah. me. If somebody looks open and friendly, that's great. Like I will go run to the most friendly looking person in the room and hope that they don't reject me and make me cry and run out and <laughs> never come back. Um, but I think it's tough. You know, you got that two people. It's always two people in a conversation. It's like, do you walk up to the two person group? So right. it's better to walk up into the three person group. But then, then they splits into two. And then now I'm just talking to this person. I don't know if I should get away or if they should get away. And it's yeah. just a, I find the whole thing to be very awkward, but I also mm-hmm. find it to be very necessary. Yeah. And I I don't. I think it's very difficult to get ahead in life if you don't have uh, that network. And most of us weren't born with it. Yeah. I know a lot of people were. Most per- people weren't born with the network, with that social capital. So they got to go out there and find it and build the network themselves. So it's just it's a it's part of it. Yeah, yeah. I always like since I'm a reporter, sometimes I can just be like, oh, I gotta take some photos yeah. or go do something <laughs> when really I'm just trying to right. avoid the awkwardness because yeah, it can be really awkward. Um, and my last question for you, which kind of goes off what we were just talking about, who is your biggest role model or mentor that you have in your life? 
Uh, Mark and Rich are absolutely my biggest role on models and mentors. Yeah, they're on my board. Um, they've been leaned in since day one. Uh, they've been incredibly supportive of the work that we do at Venture Ohio, of the direction that we decided to take the company, and um, have been just great friends and advocates. And you know, the, they you know exemplify what we were talking about earlier. They make real introductions. They do real follow up. Like they really lean in and help and, and support. And there have been a lot of other people too, but um, those are the two that really stand out to me the most. Awesome. Well, Fallon, thank you so much for coming on. I loved getting to talk with you. Thank you. This was awesome.